0: What's up, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of the Falcons in Focus podcast presented by Ticketmaster and recorded in the Ticketmaster studios. I'm Scott Baer, that's Taryn Walk, man of the hour, Falcons punter Bradley Pinion. And I want to start off here, Bradley, with what hands down is my favorite punt I've ever seen you make. Okay. It went about a yard and a half, and the ball exploded in purple dust. (laughs) Oh, pink. Pink. Purple works too. Purple works too, but yeah, pink dust explodes everywhere. Yeah, Um, We saw on your Instagram that you're gonna be a dad. Yeah, January. and, And that's a pretty legit gender uh, reveal celebration. Give us some background into it, and I guess are you glad that you actually made contact? Yeah, that was probably <laughs> the
1: most nerve-wracking I've ever been for a punt in my life. Uh, <laughs> give credit to my wife. It was her idea. We were trying to figure out what we wanted to do for a gender reveal. So me and my wife already knew what it was. It was kind of a reveal for all of our for friends. For everybody else, okay. Um, and we were trying to figure out what we wanted to do, she was like, why don't you punt a football? I was like, oh, that's so like tacky, corny, uh-huh. whatever. And she was like, no, I think it'd be really cool. Like we should, we should punt a football. Well, then she bought a football on Amazon, so uh-huh. I kind of had no choice but to punt a football. <laughs> right. Um, but we got the football. And it was plastic, and I was like, this is gonna crush my foot. Oh, that's true. And I was true. like, ah, what. She was like, no, I watched videos. It'll pop open easy, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, it's going to pop open too easy. It's going to pop up when I drop it. Like, right. All these thoughts were There's going through my head. There's a lot of things that can go wrong here. But it, we ended up kind of taping it shut a little bit. And I was like, all right, I can't miss this. The ball was like <laughs> only like two or three. It wasn't long. It was only like four or five inches long. So it wasn't big. Uh-huh. It was not used to what I'm punting. And yeah, sweating, nervous. (laughs) Um, But no, I made good contact, and pink dust went everywhere, and everybody went crazy. So it was, it was really, really cool. And I'm actually kind of glad my wife made me do it. I kept the, I wore white shoes in the video, and I kept the shoes that have pink dust all over it. So that's awesome.
0: Very cool. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I know, right? My-
1: <laughs> Going into Art and be like, hey, Art, um, I hurt my foot punting a plastic football for a gender reveal. Oh, yeah. yeah. Wouldn't have been good. I, I would have think-
2: loved to have been a fly on a wall for that <laughs> conversation.
0: So this, being a dad for the first time, yeah. I mean— I'm sure you that you're super pumped about it. You know, I mean, have you put any thought to that? Oh my gosh, I'm going to be a dad. Yeah, oh, baby I, girl, I know,
1: baby girl. I read uh, probably three or four books within the first two weeks of finding out. Um, <laughs> I was that dad that just read everything I possibly could. Um, and we're getting closer and closer. I think we only have like 10 to 12 weeks left before wow. she comes and um, everything's looking good. Baby's healthy, mama's healthy. Just super excited to meet her, honestly, super excited just to be a dad. A lot of my friends, um, call me Braddy daddy anyway, because <laughs> daddy I'm kind of like daddy. the dad. I'm kind of like the dad of the group, always making sure everything's going smoothly. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm pumped. We kind of got the nursery a little bit all set up and everything. So it's, it's getting really real. We had a actually doctor's appointment today and she's measuring her legs, surprisingly or not, are measuring in like the 90th percentile. So she's going to have long wow. legs and who knows she could be the first female punter. No, I, <laughs> I wouldn't do that to her, but, but no, yeah, she's, uh, everything's doing really smoothly right now. I'm super excited.
2: Are you going to be an overprotective dad? how overprotective <laughs> is the real question
1: i'm going to try not to be let's put it that way I, I don't think i will be um but there's a really good chance i will be very very good chance especially with a little girl like that's like yeah it's going to terrorize yeah, <laughs> yeah, not to stress you <laughs> out at all, but it's, yeah but yeah uh, hopefully i won't but i have a feeling i will be
0: that's crazy well uh, while you're a dad to a human for the first time. Yeah. Let's
2: talk yeah. about those puppies.
1: A
0: lot of.
2: Them. <laughs> you got 4, right?
0: You got 4, yeah. And they
2: all start with an N. They do. I don't want to mispronounce any of them. Oh, let's see if you got it. Nala? <laughs> yep. Nelly. Yep. Novi? Yep. And Nemo.
1: That's correct. Yeah. And you there's got a it.
2: tripod in there? Yeah, Nemo's I the tripod. I love that you did that yes. hashtag tripod cuz I did stalk their Instagram. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and,
0: the and I will pup. be Wait, following
2: have, the puppies Instagram.
0: <laughs> they have their own Instagram
1: yeah, page yes. at the Pinion Pup. Yeah, they got their own Instagram. Labradors have
2: my heart, so Yeah,
1: they're all Lab mixes. One full blood lab. Uh, Nelly's a full blood lab. Nala's a lab staffy mix. Novi is a lab hound mix, and Nemo is a the tripod and a lab spin wand mix. And Nemo is our little special guy. Um, he's got all types of things wrong with him, from brain damage to missing a leg to everything. So he's our little special guy. Um, the only boy, so get a little special place in my heart. He's definitely our <laughs> wildest dog. But no, they're all they're great dogs. Um, Nala was actually. Or is actually certified as a therapy dog. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife used to be a kindergarten teacher, so oh, wow. she would take her into the classroom. and I mean, the kids would read to her and everything, all those lines. So Nala's super, super well behaved. We that's the reason we have four dogs. Is I was say, how do first.
0: first, and then it's <sighs> like, oh, yeah. are like they yeah. must all be yeah. like this.
1: And then we started trying to like basically clone her, and it never worked. <laughs> <laughs> but now we rescued all of them but one. Uh, we had a huge passion passion for rescuing dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, we used to actually have a program. Um, when I was actually in Tampa, we called it uh, Punts for Pups. And mm-hmm. we sponsored dogs from local local shelters for every punt inside the 20. And that's kind of, we already had all four dogs at that point, but <laughs> we've always had a passion um, for dogs. And uh, that just kind of how it happened. We stumbled upon Nemo on an Instagram account and had to have him during COVID, it was a COVID dog. Uh, Novi, we were actually at the shelter looking for our friends for a dog. And the dog walked around the corner and I went, oh no. And as soon as Kaylee, my wife saw it, it was one of those like, yep, yeah, this dog's coming home with us. <laughs> Super malnourished, like just skin and bones. Um, Nelly, we actually got from a breeder, and then Nala, we got it was actually my birthday present from a shelter when we were in college, like right when we first started dating. So we've had Nala's like I think eleven or twelve now. So we've had we've wow. had dogs our whole relationship. So
0: that's that's uh, very cool, and it's and it's cool that 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 you turn that in a way to to give back to yeah. t- to these needy animals by but by the punts you get inside of the 20-yard yeah. line. Well, you're continuing that yeah. that that trend with punts for a purpose. Yes. The floor is yours. Tell us uh, about this and kind of where the um, origin story of it kind of came from because it's actually active right now. Yeah, so Punts for
1: Purpose um, is a program that i got to give credit to my wife again. She came up with it. Um, we did punts for pups back in the past and kind of – wanted to make it even uh, bigger and better and wanted to involve something that was really close to our heart, which was Compassion International, which is a non-for-profit um, that does work all around the world for moms and babies in poverty. Um, they spot their, um, team up with local churches in those areas um, and they create these centers, they create these survival programs um, that help the moms before they give birth and right after they give birth up until the child's a year old and they can get into the actual centers. Um, and it's an amazing program in these Overprovised areas. Uh, moms or babies don't even like only have like less than a, I want to say it's like not even a 10% chance of making it to their first birthday oh my without help. Um, mm-hmm. And the program that Punts for Purpose is donating towards for every punt inside the 20 um, is the survival programs. Um, Compassion has a campaign going on right now. It's called the Fight for First, and it's that fight for their first birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're trying to raise a bunch of money to Put more and more survival programs out there. Um, that's kind of how Punts for Purpose got started. We got involved with Compassion. Got to go over to Tanzania on a mission trip with Compassion. Um, we actually helped open two centers in Compassion or in Tanzania mm-hmm. uh, with Compassion, and it was uh, just super cool experience over there. Me, we and Kaylee were talking the whole time we were over there. We were there like two seconds from crying or two seconds from like the greatest joy we've ever experienced in our lives. Um, so that experience really kind of spearheaded this um we got to do more mentality like we're, we're so fortunate and we're so blessed to, to be in the position we are and make the money that we make um that we we got to do more we got to get back more um so we started re- talking with compassion and this program kind of came about and i was like hey how cool would it be if we got other punters in the nfl involved so i just started uh, sliding into dms to be honest with you <laughs> um to all these all the punters in the nfl that i knew and that i didn't know and um, That's kind of how Punts for Purpose got started. I think there's four of us that are doing it for the whole year. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there's gonna be a game closer to the holidays where I think about 15 of us in the NFL are doing all for that one week, um, punts inside the 20. Um, So, and if fans wanna get involved, there's a link in my Instagram account um, where you can go to compassion Backslash punts for purpose and donate for every punts inside of 20 if you wanna do that, like me and my wife and some of the other guys, or you can just do a one-time donation um, but it's going to a great cause, um, and we're just trying to raise as much money as we can to help moms and babies. And it hits a special place in my heart right now with the process that we're going through having a child. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, just we've had a little bit of complications, and without the support that we've had, without the do- doctors that we've had and stuff like that, I couldn't imagine the stress that these moms have in these, like, extremely remote, extremely poverty, like, no food, like, just trying to provide for yourself, not let along a baby, yet along probably five or six other kids that you have, and you have no support and no help around you. And we have all the support in the world here in the United States, um, but these people these people don't. And that's that's just something that, especially going through, it's just kind of ironic how God works, how we started this program and then got pregnant. Um, and it really just like furthered our cause and furthered our reason for doing it even more.
2: That gives you immense perspective
1: yeah. in a different way. It does, it wow. definitely does
0: when you went everybody has an expectation if you're going to a restaurant or down the street or to a different country but when you went to uh tanzania i don't know what your expectation was but when you got a chance to meet these individuals that don't have as many advantages but looking at the photos and some of the things that that, that you put out they seem like just so happy to be there and i mean like what like what was the experience like to hear you talk about it the passion with which you talk about, it sounds like it was transformative, at, at least in certain oh, ways. Oh, absolutely!
1: It was the first mission trip I've been for, like been able to go on. My wife's been on a few, and she was trying to trying to compare, like, prepare me for it. Yeah. Um, but I mean, she couldn't have, and it was, it was really amazing to see these people that have to walk a whole day just to get water, or a whole day to get sticks to build their houses out of mud and sticks, and then you go over there, and they're like the most joyful people you've ever met in your entire life. Um, we, we got the opportunity to go to a Maasai community, and a Maasai community is basically modern-day nomads. Mm-hmm. They travel kind of wherever the herd travels. Um, and they live in legit mud huts, five or six of them mm-hmm. in a one-room hut, no bigger than we're in the room we're in right now, probably mm-hmm. way smaller, actually, than the room we're in right now. And there'd be seven, six, eight of them living in That's that sweet. one hut. Wow. Um, anywhere from newborn to grandma living in the hut and to see just the joy that they have and then them wanting to like, they made beads necklaces and bead bracelets and stuff and then wanting to give you these bead bracelets that who knows how much, what they gave up to get the beads to make the bracelets and then wanting to give it to you and them just being so open to be able to like go to a church service with them and do just the joy, they, they fed us, they actually um, killed a goat and they don't have Uh, stuff like so we could eat the goat and just just the the uh giving that they were willing to do when they had so little i mean they had nothing like it was like one bed that wasn't even a bed it was like a straw bed with a blanket over top of it in the mud hut with a straw roof and they're trying to protect themselves from lions because there's lions over there in south africa so like Mm -hmm. like there's lions like you'd be driving down the road and you'd see a giraffe so like it's like you're in the middle of i mean nothing Mm -hmm. And to see the joy that that they had, um, just worshiping the Lord and the joy to give that they had, it really made like a lasting impression on me where it was like, man, I am so fortunate. And there's times where I don't want to give and I don't want to be joyful, but like they have absolutely nothing. They have to work for absolutely everything. Um, and it just left a lasting impression. I remember it was like a two-hour bus ride to get out to the Maasai community. And I remember the bus ride back. Everybody was really quiet on the bus and you could just everybody was kind of letting it soak in i look over at my wife and she might kill me for saying this but there was just tears flowing out of her eyes and i'm like oh my god what's wrong what's wrong and she was like it's just so much and it was it was just so much to take in that like it really took a week or so after we got back to kind of really let it soak in and like you're taking a shower in our extremely nice house and you're just like like why do i deserve this over these people like i gotta change my perspective and i gotta do everything in my power to help those people
2: so did puns for purpose come out of that trip
1: it was an idea before the trip and then it was like our mission after the trip it was solidified like we are doing this the idea came about kind of at the end of last year we started talking about it and we're like oh we want to do this This is something we we want to do and then we got we opened those centers with compassion in tanzania and then got to go over there and actually meet you can sponsor children with compassion also that are in the centers We actually got to meet our two sponsor kids what um, was that like it was wild there's a language barrier but then there's not a language barrier at the same time um because they speak swahili i think is what they speak um and so like you you but you can communicate like it's 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 hard to explain like we're speaking english they're speaking swahili but yet you understand what they're saying mm-hmm. at the same time yeah right um but that was just awesome we got to play with them we got to have a meal with them um they actually traveled 10 hours to meet us by oh. bus Um, which is some of them had never been out of their little village. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was just like just so impactful to um, like, for instance, we're sitting there eating at the hotel we're staying at and everybody's picking up the silverware and eating. And you see these two little girls that we sponsor um, looking at the silverware. They'd never used silverware before. And they were seven, eight years old. um, And it was just like, I look at my wife and I was like, I'm not using silverware. So I was just went in with my hands and it was just to see them be like, oh, okay, like we can use our hands just because they've never seen silverware. Like just little things like that that you don't even think twice. Like we probably know how to use silverware at like mm. one or two years old, or at mm-hmm. least you're grasping at it. Um, but they're in their like seven, eight, like I said, and they don't know how to use silverware or they've never seen silverware. Um, You can give them, like, Christmas gifts and gifts for their family with compassion also. And the Christmas gifts they get or that they're asking for isn't toys. It isn't these things. They're asking for, like, rice for their family, for, like, a mattress, um, for new shoes because they don't have shoes, for school uniforms because a lot of schools over there, if you don't have a uniform, you can't go to school. Um, So just different things along those lines. just a totally different perspective. They're. Like, it, it's so hard to explain, and I could talk for hours about it, and I feel like i go in circles. Um, but it's just so, like, and they, yet yeah, they still had so much joy. They're, they have houses, but they're mud huts, and they're growing their own food and do, doing these different things. We went we went into one of the—we got to do it a day in the life of a, pers- of a Tanzanian person, and we went into this person's house and kind of got to just walk through their morning with them. And their morning was feeding their one chicken that they had that was going to be their meal eventually— um, tending to their garden and their garden would be like two or three plants um, and then we got to ask him like hey like what do you need he was like oh I love uh, another avocado tree uh, We're like oh how much does it cost for an avocado tree well in uh, I think they should Shingles over there, I, like, but mm-hmm. in that, their mon- money, it was like thousands of dollars, but in the US dollars, it was like one dollar for oh, an wow. avocado tree. And we're like, how many trees can I buy this guy? <laughs> can I go around the corner and buy them for him? Avocado forest. Yeah, right. And then another one was like, oh, I'd love another chicken. Same thing, a chicken was like two dollars. Yeah, but like, they're working to try to get to these, and you're. it's just so eye opening of like, wow, like how good we actually have it in the United States. Well, the well, U.S. States is still messed up in its ways, but like, how good we actually have it to have the resources that we have over here when they, like, it was like visiting, like, a third world, co- different planet. Like, I didn't even feel like I was on different – I thought I was on a different planet when I was living mm-hmm. in Tanzania. Um, it was wild.
2: That yeah. really gives perspective because at least here, it's like we have life rafts, yeah. for example. Like, yeah. if you are homeless, there's something to help you and get through it. and right. Like you said, get to land with that life raft. Yeah. Whereas for them, they don't have that support
1: Yeah. Without compassion, they don't have the support. Oh. Or without the compassion, without the local church. And the cool thing about compassion, too, is – um, the, they try to, they, they mobilize the church. There's no signs about compassion. There's nothing that's promoting compassion. They are literally like going to the church, setting up the center through the church. And then the compassion's goal is to make that village so set up through the church that compassion can pull out and the church can, can stay in the village. So compassion is just not trying to get any recognition out of it whatsoever. They're just trying to like, ultimately go in there, help, and, and get out. And they've been fortunate enough to where they have been able to get out of some places and it's still thriving community. Um, but without compassion, some of these centers and some of these villages would would stand no chance.
0: Yeah, I mean, you've you've really used your <clears throat> platform being in the NFL. Yeah. You, you've won a Walter Payton Man of the Year Award before yeah. with San Francisco. I read a great quote, um, giving back, that's what I feel like my purpose here on earth is. Yeah. I think that sums up the last 10, 15 minutes of our conversation. And there's no easy way to transition from the seriousness that we're talking about to the next thing, but let's try.
2: Um, Scott really wanted to.
0: I I did. (laughs) but I think I know where we're going. So in order to reach this platform, Mm -hmm. you have to have a skill and talent, which you have developed. And again, no easy transition, but I'm dying to know (laughs) about your kicking origin story. Because if I read it right, it's pretty cool. You got a football as a Christmas present. Yeah. Then what
1: happened? So uh, my grandpa, I'll just start by saying this, uh, was a punter. Yeah. Um, he, Earl Mason, yep, right? Earl Mason. He kicked for um, App State College um, and then actually had a shot with the Dallas Cowboys um, and then got drafted to go to war um and i started out playing soccer and my grandpa always told me i had a big leg playing soccer and my grandpa always told me hey you need to learn how to kick a football you need to learn how to kick a football and i was like, okay grandpa yeah i got it i, got <laughs> it. I had no interest in playing football um my bro- older brother played soccer so that's what i wanted to do yeah and then, about sixth grade sixth seventh grade um i got a football for christmas we lived across the street from the local high school field we went out to the field that day um to kind of play around with the football um we were throwing it. I said, Dad, I want to kick it. I want to see what Grandpa I was talking all about. So my dad put it on his foot, and I kicked a 35-yard field goal, first kick I've ever done in <laughs> my agile. entire life. Uh-huh. Went straight down the middle. My dad said, hold up, hold up, do that again. Came back, put it on his foot again. I kicked it straight down the middle again. He said, all right, stop. We're going to get you some help. <laughs> um, grandpa knew. Yeah, Grandpa knew. But the funny part is is I, used to want to, I wanted to be a field goal kicker. Um, you don't look like a football no. Kicker. <laughs> no. That's what my that's exactly what my dad uh, and
0: said. Those who can't see him stand. He's six foot five. Yeah, six six. Don't short <laughs> me, Six, six, okay. six, oh. six. Um,
1: But no, my dad was like, no, you're you're too big to be a field kicker. You need like you need punting. You need punting. My dad used to force me to punt when we go to practice, um, and eventually I kind of fell in love with punting um, and kind of took after my grandpa. I'm actually like a spitting image of my grandpa. Height, really? facial, everything, spitting image of him, um, and he. Um, He actually started kind of like helping me a little with some different techniques and got some really good coaching, met a coach in North Carolina named Dan Orner who I've been working with since about eighth grade. Wow. Um, There's probably 10 of us in the NFL that work with him. And uh, he was actually in my wedding, so he's turned into like one of my best friends slash mentor, and it's been awesome just to kind of experience the whirlwind that is getting recruited and then getting drafted and then playing in the NFL for – now nine years, um, and just all because of I got a football for Christmas, <laughs> and my grandpa begged me to learn how to kick it.
2: How old were you when you got the football?
1: I was. It was like sixth or seventh grade. I'm terrible okay. with ages, but it was sixth or seventh grade. I'd never played football before that either. So wow. Yeah.
0: and so your grandfather had a shot. Yeah, so got he a, drafted. He a, and stuck with. He had the a tryout commitment.
1: with Dallas. Dallas was going to sign him. Um, and then got drafted in that time period to right. I think it was the Korean war. Yeah. Um, and never, when he came back from the Korean war, he just never picked it back up.
0: Wow. But that's, that's just so crazy kind of how those things start. Yeah. And you've normally k- kids who start at a younger age have played like another position, yeah. but you've always been a specialist. Yeah.
1: I've never, i pl- never done anything besides kick a ball. Um, I kicked, I still do kickoffs, but mm-hmm. I kicked field goals, um, in high school and a little bit in college. Um, and then done punting the rest of the time my high school coach I was one of the bigger guys on my high school team and he used to beg me to play another position and I was like dude I got no desire <laughs> I do not want to get hit like that um so it was uh yeah just I actually used to go to football practice for the beginning of it for special teams leave go to soccer practice and then come back for the end of football practice um that's what I did all Yikes. through. that's what wow. I did all A through lot. high school um so that soccer was my first love is what I call it um but Football is the one I got married to. So.
2: Whoa, that was deep. That. Unexpected. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. But if you had to play a different position, I need to know what it would, What it would be.
1: Uh, tight end or quarterback?
0: I would say built like a tight end. Yeah, yeah. I wish
1: when I got drafted to San Francisco, when I came in, all the people on the team were like, oh, we got a new tight end. I was like, no, sorry, guys, I'm a punter. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: tell us something about punting that maybe people don't know.
1: Uh, there's a bunch of different types of punts. You can have an end-over-end punt, a spiral punt, a banana punt, um, reverse banana punt. I mean, there's so many different, you can make the ball spin different ways to make it bounce backwards, um, bounce sideways. Uh, You can hit line drives, hang time. There's, I mean, there's so many different types of punts out there that tell me different to nowadays. I know people that are hitting the ball with their right foot, but putting a lefty spin on it. So, like, there's so many different things. So, like, so football. much,
0: like, technique and spin and things yeah. like that are happening from the time that you drop it yep. to the time that you kick it. Yeah. There's so many. That's that's The crazy. most important
1: part of a punt um, is the drop.
0: Is uh-huh. it really? Yeah.
1: So you can have a good leg swing. You can have a bad leg swing and still hit a good punt. Um, wow. But it's all about the drop. If I don't drop it right, then that's the one that's going like five yards mm-hmm. out of bounds and everybody's booing me off the field. That's that point. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Have, um, you, oops. Have
2: you ever just tried to be a switch kicker? Do both legs?
1: No,
0: I'm not that talented. <laughs> <laughs> not that talented. Um, so this game is taking you to the pinnacle. You own a Super Bowl ring yeah. with Tampa, right? Um, I went through your Instagram. I account. thought this is where we were going earlier. Yeah, the, 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 mm. there were a few topics that I had to bring up. Yeah. Being able to uh, sit next to you. One was the punch for purpose. Yeah. Two is the origin story, and three is something that is in your Instagram page, but not the first photo. It's during. <laughs> <He scrolled. laughs> it's during the boat parade. Yeah. And you're on a boat, and there's a video of you holding, let's call it a soda. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Definitely a soda. <laughs> definitely a soda, and throws it. I'm trying to paint a picture in people's minds. So, Bradley, Not? yeah. So Bradley is in a boat that's pretty close to the water, and then there's a boat next to him that's like three stories like up,
1: cruise ship, style cruise ship boat, style
0: yeah. boat. And he, oh, he ab- knows exactly what you talking about. <laughs> throws an absolute strike to a fan on the top of this cruise ship. So that style was actually boat. Vita
1: Vea on the top. Oh. Get and out of on, on the other side. That's
0: a detail I didn't yeah, know.
1: Yeah, <laughs> so it was Vita Vea up on the top I side. Zoom. <laughs> and uh, winning the Super Bowl was. Honestly, obviously, a dream come true sure. when you play. It, that's like the pinnacle of this profession, to be able to play in that game and win it. Um, but the boat parade, I got to say, <laughs> was probably cooler. <laughs> um, we had so much fun. It was crazy part of it. it. got thrown together, basically put together overnight. Uh, the, the Glazers, the owners of the Bucks, did an amazing job throwing it together overnight. And it was um, definitely like a, one of those once-in-a-lifetime, like, really, really cool things to – be there with all your teammates that you have worked so hard the whole year to get to this, to that point, and then get to that point, win it, and then have this epic celebration. Right. Um, where people were throwing sodas. <laughs> yeah. Uh, from boat and, to boat. And Lombardi trophies. Yeah, from Lombardi boat to boat. trophies. <laughs> and, um, it was just to be able to really celebrate with your team that you worked so hard for, with all year long. Um, that was what really made it so cool. Was just to see those those guys let loose, the guys that really, really deserve it. Like the Levante Davids that have been there for forever, the Mike Evans, those mm-hmm. guys that really deserved it down there in Tampa. They, uh, they've they been there forever, been through the bad years in Tampa, and to finally have a really good winning season and win it
0: all, it was really cool to see those guys win. That's awesome.
2: Everything's more fun on a boat anyways. Uh, yeah, I,
0: I feel like definitely that <laughs> uh, Especially around that bay, you can uh, yeah. that's fun. Um, we have reached the point of our podcast. It's I don't know if it's called rapid fire, and okay. it's never very rapid, but yeah. everybody gets the same five questions. Um, Bradley Pinion, are you ready? I'm oh. ready. Okay, what was your favorite play yeah. of your career, high school, college, pros, whatever? Not the soda throwing. Not the soda <laughs> throwing. Um, God,
1: favorite play. Uh, honestly, has to be like the first kickoff I hit in the Super Bowl. Right Uh, I didn't hit the opening kickoff But my first play in the Super Bowl Just kind of that That's kind of like What you play the game for Right What you work so hard for And just one of those Like never forget moments um, That you're like Oh man I'm playing in the Super Bowl So that, that I'd have to probably say that one
0: You probably don't get nervous anymore But were you nervous then?
1: No, oddly not. Like I'm I never get nervous. It's really? weird. My wife hates it that I never, I don't nervous <laughs> about <hates> anything. <laughs> I don't get anxious about anything. I don't really worry about anything. Um, okay, I am jealous about yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds kind of great. Yeah. And yeah. so the, you know, I wasn't nervous. I was just super ready to play the game. Ready to get to that point cuz there's like a 2 week lull in there. It's right. right. like just waiting for the game to come. All the media, which sorry, not the media. But all the media Drag all the everything leading up to all the hype leading up to it. You're just ready to play the game and that readiness was there, but I wouldn't call it nervousness. Yeah.
2: Oh yes. Who is your favorite athlete, regardless of the sport?
1: Ooh. Um, favorite athlete. I really like boxing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am have to go with Muhammad Ali. Okay. Um, just kind of w- the way he did the boxing, the way he changed boxing, and then yet yeah, what he did o- outside of the boxing ring, also what he what he stood for um, how he wanted to create change. Um, I think that's really cool.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's, there's a lot of principles yeah. that you, yeah. that you've yeah. taken on within that, uh, yourself. Um, is there a TV show, um, a movie that you're binging that you would recommend anything like that?
1: <laughs> Literally watched a whole season of the great British breaking show yesterday. <laughs> it's a weird one. I'm so I know. Proud of you for that. <laughs> it's oh a weird gosh, one. Um, but me you and know, my wife are really in the great, the uh, British breaking show right now. Um, don't know why. It's but peaceful. It, Let's it it it, it, it's like it's oddly awesome. peaceful. It, it, it's, the accents it's, too and the yeah. food looks so good. I no, mm. It made me order some donuts afterwards. But <laughs> that's another story.
2: Okay. And on that note, what is your favorite food ever? No,
0: that's a transition right that there. That is right? a transition.
1: <laughs> we did not um, tell them to do that. My favorite food, if we're going actual food, it has to be wings. Mm-hmm. But if we're going like uh, I can really treat myself, I'm a huge ice cream guy. Yeah. Ice cream with, this is going to sound weird again, but with rainbow sprinkles.
2: I like how you go actual food, but then list yeah. ice yeah. cream. Yeah. As yeah. if that is much yeah. superior to wings. <laughs> it just
0: f- yeah, no. <laughs> wings I know. <mean>, wings are not <laughs> actual food, apparently. I mean, like, you know, like one is a like grown man order, the other one's like a fifth grader order. Right, but that's exactly, fine. Exactly. Eating like the a fifth grader is awesome. It. The rainbow sprinkles, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: My wife gives me heck all the time for the rainbow sprinkles. But we, I keep a jar
0: of rainbow sprinkles in my house, so. There's nothing with, There's nothing wrong with uh, chicken nuggets, mac and cheese, and ice cream. Love right? that. I mean, come on. love that. Um, l- uh, last one, if you had a superpower, what would it be and why? Um, To be invisible. Yeah. Just because I'm nosy
1: and love to hear what other people say. <laughs> okay <laughs> That's a good reason for it, too.
0: Oh, my gosh. What a perfect <laughs> note to end an awesome podcast with Bradley Pinion. Um, I'm Scott. That's Taryn. Thank you so much for stopping by. And please rate, review, subscribe to the Atlanta Falcons Podcast Network on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Spotify. Can I talk today? Or uh, please subscribe to our YouTube channel where you can get this as well. Bradley, once again, thank you so much for spending time with us. Thanks for having me. And we'll be back with another awesome guest next week. See ya.